Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Are you thankful that you have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior? Well, I certainly am, and I've been serving the Lord for quite some time, but he's still working on me and uh, to to do some work. And if he had, if he had saved me, just to love him, uh, he could have taken me home immediately after I was saved. But he's kept me here to become more like him and also to serve him, to let others know. And so we're praying that this program would challenge you, equip you, and hopefully encourage you to be on mission for Lord. That's what this program's about. Our co-host is Nathan Harper. Nathan, when we first conceived the idea of this program, that was the idea to let people know that they've been called of God, not just to be saved and sit, but they've been called of God. Yes, they're saved, but God's kept them here for service, hasn't he? That's exactly right. You know, God saved you so you might serve him. That's a simplified way of saying what Jesus said to make disciples of all the nations. And, you know, if you think about Jesus' ministry, we we can sometimes oversimplify what Jesus did and what he came to do. And, yes, he did come to die and pay the penalty for our sins by dying on the cross and being raised to life. But if that's all he came to do, have you ever thought about this? If that's all that Jesus came to do was to die on the cross, raise, you know, rise again, and save us, why did he bother with making disciples? Why did he bother with calling 12 guys to follow him around for a few years and train them and teach them? Uh, you know, there's more to it than, than just salvation. There's a, there's a deeper story. There's a further story to it. Of, of discipleship, of making disciples. So as we're talking about this, some might be tempted, I'm sure none of our listeners, but some would might be tempted when they hear something like this to, to think, so what? You know, so what? What does this have to do with me? But today we want to, instead of saying so what, we want you to say so that. Uh, we, we want you to be a so that Christian and not a so what Christian. We want you to uh, be a part of a so that church, not a so what church. And so the difference, of course, is those two words, so that. The reason we're saying those words, well, these two little words, so that, I believe that they will change the trajectory of the rest of your life. Even though two little words, they, they make a big difference. Have you ever actually heard the phrase, um, a two-degree difference? <laughs> Somebody, I think, wrote a book a few years back called that, the two-degree difference. And what it refers to is a small little change can make a big impact later on down the road. Right. Um, for good or for bad. That's right. 
And so we want to encourage you today to um, take these two little words, so that, and see them make a big difference in your life. So when I see those words and I think about my life 10 years from now, the decision I make or whatever it is that comes into my life and how I handle it and what direction I go changes everything, doesn't it? It does. So Uh, what we do with Jesus today will affect the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's for his salvation, but also in service to him, right? That's right. That's correct. So there's two little words so that we're saying they'll change the trajectory of your life. Uh, I believe they'll determine the way you read the Bible and the way you pray. Those two words will affect the way you look at the world, the way you look at the church, your family, how you spend your money and your time, how you live your life. In fact, those two little words have probably more to say about the end of the world than any other words. It's, you know, <laughs> and the, people are really interested in the end of the world. The other yeah. program that I'm privileged to do, we have people that call in all the time, and they want to ask, how does this, how does this relate to the end times? Well, so that uh, has a lot to do with the end times and the direction of your life, the the location, but also of others as well. Yeah, and so unfortunately, they're probably maybe some of the two most neglected words in all the Bible, but we're going to look at them today. So the first place we want to read about this is in Psalm chapter 67. This is a text we've looked at before. We've even done... Uh, some Bible studies similar to this before. If you if you listen to this show on a regular basis, you might have caught something similar. But today is a little bit different. So uh, see what God has for you. Psalms chapter Psalm chapter sixty seven. Uh, just going to read the first two verses, but the whole chapter is a great great passage to read. It says, "May God be gracious to us and bless us, look on us with favor, so that." There's those two little words there. I heard those words. So that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. So the first thing I want to notice besides seeing those two words there is the the words divide like kind of a top line and a bottom line. The top line in Psalm chapter 67 is verse 1. It says, may God be gracious to us and bless us, look on us with favor. We might call that top line God's blessing. To his people. I've heard that many times uh, at the end of a meeting. Yeah, benediction. Or, benediction. Or a blessing or a prayer. Uh, you might pray these words. And they stop in chapter 1. I mean, verse 1. Yeah, that's the typical <laughs> thing is to stop there and not move on to the bottom line. Yeah. God has a bottom line in Scripture uh, throughout the Bible. It's why the blessing exists. We really make big, huge mistakes when we start thinking the blessing is is for us to enjoy and that's the end of the story. Um, it's not the end of the story. There's a bottom line. There's a continuing story. And it's so that the blessing is given so that God's way may be known on earth and his salvation among all nations or all people groups. So we're blessed, in other words, so that we might be a blessing to all the people on the earth. We are blessed. We're given a blessing, but there's a responsibility that goes along with that blessing. Um, the blessing is almost like a a call to separate, a call uh, to be holy, to come come apart and and be with God, so that then you could go and serve God and and be effective in that service. 
again, I, I can't help but be geographical in my thinking. I, I think that way. When God promised Abraham to be a nation, he also ble- promised him a land. And they call that land the land flowing with milk and honey. And when the 12 spies went in, they brought word the land is a rich land. It is a plentiful land. Now, God gave them that land so they could they could multiply, prosper, and bless because part of the blessing was not just the land, but to be a blessing to others. Exactly. And, and the church and Israel did it. Israel turned that inward. And they wanted to be. They wanted the blessing to be all about them. Now the blessing is about us, but it's not all about us. Right. And and that's what the bottom line here says. Yeah. So, you know, Psalm forty six ten is another one. Well, it, our it, listeners probably know at least the first half of this verse, right? They will be still and know that I am God. Do we stop there? Well, the Bible verse doesn't. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Yeah. There's a top line and then there's a bottom line. Again, um, be still and know that I am God. Take stock. Uh, when you're, God's done that several times. What, isn't that what the Sabbath day was about? Right. Really taking stock and be still and knowing. Get out of the everyday activities. Now, you got to do some. Those of us that were <clears throat> milked cows, those dairy farmers, I'm afraid the cows don't take the Sabbath day off. You know, you had to uh, you had to do that. There's some things like that. But it's still a time in your life to be still. Jesus was doing that. He went aside. He would come aside and, and spend time with the Father. He would pray. But he'd also spend time with those disciples. But what did he do when he was there? He was refreshing himself, renewing himself so he could do what? Get back in right. to the ministry or to the battle. There's a reason to be still. There's a reason there to is. spend time with the Lord. And it's not just about you. Is it about your rest time? Yes, it is. Is it about that? Yes, it is. But it's not all about that. I, right. I think you'll hear that me say that again yeah. and again. It's, this it's for the glory of the Lord and, and among all peoples and all the earth. Um, so that blessing, that top line blessing, is like a consecration of our lives, of God's people. So that then the bottom line, we could carry out the command. We like the blessing. We don't like the responsibility that goes with it. Um, so they run parallel, though, don't they? They do. You don't get one without the other. Uh, a so what Christian, though, would be give me the top line. Let's give me the blessing, Lord. I don't want the responsibility that goes along with it. Um, and we're not called to do that. We're called to be a so that Christian where. Uh, we do receive the blessing with joy and thankfulness so that then God receives the glory and other people are are blessed as well. Uh, Genesis, we'll start from the very beginning and and see if we notice these top line, bottom line connections um, and and catch God's heart for all the peoples on the earth. Catch God's heart for the nations. That's really what this shows about and that's what we're talking about today. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 says, God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. So you see, God, first thing, he blessed them. We're talking about Adam and Eve here. And then God said to them, he gave them a list of responsibilities to be fruitful, to multiply, 
to fill the earth. What are they filling the earth with? Well, the glory of God. These are men and women, a man and a woman who are created in God's image, displaying God's glory. Makes me think of Isaiah when he saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. The glory of God was so real. So if we live our lives, what will be part of us? The glory of God. Amen. Unfortunately, after this, we know that Adam and Eve, they they took the fruit. They sinned against God. They broke his commands um, not to eat of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. They they traded in knowledge of who God was for some other extra knowledge that they thought they needed. And they really they missed out, didn't they? They did. And so we've missed out because of because of that. And so. Long story short, men grew worse and worse, and the earth grew evil, and God sent a flood to, uh, for in judgment, but also to renew and restore things. And you come to the story of Noah. Right? Noah, there's a covenant made with Noah. It's in Genesis 9, verse 1 says, So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Sounds similar to Adam. And then in verse 7 of that same chapter, and it's for you, be fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply in it. So almost word for word, the exact same command that God gave to Adam, he gave here to Noah as the earth would basically start over, you know, things were kind of reset after the flood. So God's blessing uh, for Adam and Eve, it was a location, I mean, in perfection, the Garden of Eden. Here with Noah, the location was really nearly is a new earth. There's no doubt in my mind that this is where the separation of the continents took place, you know, because right. the the waters of the deep and the the overhead, the the sky was different. It it was different. So he had a new opportunity. So what happens when these blessings come along are new opportunities, aren't they, Nathan? They are. They're um, ways to see how God is working and, you know, join that. That's an invitation. The blessing is really an invitation for you to join God in his work. Okay. So tell me about uh, Noah and and when he started this, uh, again, he turned it uh, the focus on himself. We have to fight against Turning the no, focus that's the on selfish, sinful nature to do that, uh, to take God's blessing and make it about us instead of God. You know, you you read the Bible and you might ask, who's the major character in the Bible? Um, a lot of times we want to say, well, it's about me. Hmm. And, you know, it's okay to see yourself in, in these Bible stories. Uh, that's how God might work in your life. But you know what? It's really not about me. I'm not I'm not a major character in the Bible. God is the major character. It's all about God and his glory. In Genesis chapter 11, you see the people making it about themselves as they built what we call the Tower of Babel. Just reading a few verses out of Genesis 11. At one time, the whole earth had the same language and vocabulary. As people migrated from the east, they found a valley in the land of Shinar and settled there. Now, we think building the tower was bad, but Already in these first two verses, we already have a problem. What is going on that should not have happened? Can you pick it out? Do we know what they should have been doing? Remember the command that God gave to go, go, 
throughout the earth. Yeah, to fill the earth, multiply, spread and out. They're, they're gathering rather than scattering. That's Is right. that a word? That's exactly what they're doing. Okay. Who knows all the reasons for that, uh, but they would come across as selfish reasons. They were trying to enjoy the blessings of God, having one language, uh, staying together in safety, security, but not fulfilling the responsibilities that God has given them as multiplying and spreading across the face of the earth. Looking at that in a missional way in today, the denomination that we're a part of has been strong in the suburbs and in the country, you know, settings. But the inner cities have kind of been a difficult place. There always have been. So what did we do? We located in those. We, we, what did we do? We planted churches in places that are just like us mm-hmm. so that they can duplicate the ministry that is already existing when God may want yeah. you to look beyond that and rather than gather, and I'm using that, you know, being alike. Look, look at a more difficult place to to scatter the you know my word for for my glory. That's right. It's it's a human tendency to do that, and so we don't give up that tendency just because we follow Jesus and we join a church. Even in that kind of work, there's still those tendencies, and we have to stay in God's word and see these things. We really need to be that so that kind of Amen. Christian who who can kind of really be all about God's commands and, and following what he's telling us to do. Well, it didn't start stop at Babel in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 3. We have uh, another person introduced to this covenant relationship, and it's Abraham. Chapter 12, verse 1, Now the Lord had said to Abram, which would later become Abraham, Get out of your country, from your kindred, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. And I'll make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in all in you, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. What a covenant. What a messianic promise, too. Yes. And we, we do know that Jesus is the fulfillment of that. Uh, that doesn't mean that we don't have a responsibility even today ourselves. Because we've been joined into that covenant through Christ. And so we're to be blessings to all the families of the earth through Christ as we share his message and go to them. And, and it's kind of like a ripple in a pond. Don't you be the last ripple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, keep on going. That's right. Amen. So, you know, the Bible's perspective here is, you know, there's a blessing. Even Abraham was blessed. But then there's that responsibility, that bottom line of obeying God's command to to go into the, all, all the earth. In Abraham's case, it was just to go to the land that God would show him. Then we have Moses even. In Exodus chapter 9, verses 14 through 16, we have a little, little snippet of a passage here right in the middle of the plagues that God was bringing to Egypt to, to force Pharaoh's hand to let, let God's people go into the promised land. And verses 14 of Exodus chapter 9, it says, Otherwise, I'm going to send all my plagues against you, your officials and your people. Then you will know there is no one like me in all the earth. By now, I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with the plague, and you would have been obliterated from the earth. However, I have let you live for this purpose, to show you my power 
and to make my name known in all the earth. So even against pagan nations, pagan peoples, God is blessing by keeping them alive so that they will see that God is the one true God. So it started with Adam, and we know it goes all the way down to Moses, right? It goes through Moses. So that all the people will know. What's interesting, and we're not going to read this, but there's a place in Exodus where it talks about how the Israelites did were released from Egypt, and they were they crossed the Red Sea and they went into the uh, to the wilderness, ready at the doorsteps of the Promised Land. But what the Bible mentions is that a great multitude of peoples from all over the world who had been gathered in Egypt, some from those peoples had gone with the Israelites to go into the Promised Land with them. They they weren't content to stay in Egypt. No, they 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 were slaves too, and God has set them free. As so well. they didn't want the the garlic and the onions, huh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you remember when they longed for them? It's funny how we. It's funny what we can do with the good old days, uh, Nathan. Just in a passing. Well, that's not the last time does this. Uh, God does this again and reminds David in First Samuel seventeen verse forty six. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I'll strike you and take your head from you. Well, let me see. Who is he talking to? Is this Goliath? I believe it is. And it says, In this day I'll give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds and the air and the wild beast and the earth, that all the earth, or so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Again, so even David, when he is fighting the giant, yep. is so that? So that they, even the Philistines, the the pagan Philistines will know that there's a God in Israel. Uh, going back, you can't help but remember when the spies, two spies, came in for Joshua, and they came to Jericho, and they Rahab put them up. She said, we've been hearing about you, and we've been dreading the day when you, you, you guys, I'm putting it in my vernacular, would come in. <laughs> They'd already yeah. heard about the That's power right. of God. And, you know, it goes before him. That reminds me, Nathan, and, and I, this is just practicality. If you're on a witnessing team of any kind or a mission team, just know God goes before you. God goes before you. And so, but here it is, defeating the giant so that they'll know there's a God in Israel. So that's just a real quick summary of some of the passages in the Old Testament. Uh, there's so many more. A good study for someone to do would be, Look at all the uses of the word nations, the word nations. In the Old Testament, there's over 500 uses of the word nations. In the New Testament, there's, there's 100 or so. And so through that, you'll, you'll start to gain a little bit of perspective on God's heart for all peoples, not just his chosen people, Israel. Yes, they were his chosen covenant people, but they were chosen not just to receive blessings for themselves, but so they would be a blessing to all peoples on the earth and that God's glory would be known, and God, His glory would cover the earth like waters cover the sea. Amen. But even goes on into the New Testament, even with Jesus. We can, multiple passages in, in, in the Gospels where we can see about uh, how Jesus had concern for the, for the peoples and the nations, his, even His interactions with Gentiles. But just a quick passage in, in Luke chapter 24 Uh, starting with verse 44. Then Jesus told them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, 
that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He also said to them, This is what is written, The Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So, even that's a you know that's a great commission what we would call a great commission statement of Jesus to his disciples there um, it's really a great recommission the commission was given way back in Genesis that we've already read even you could say Gen, uh, Genesis chapter twelve to Abraham maybe was the first commission and Jesus is just carrying on that same line of thinking and we're to carry it on he uh, has in passed, our actions has he passed the baton to us yeah like in the relay race that's right. Well, what about Acts 19, verses 8, 9, and 10? And Paul is teaching at a school there, and uh, he says this, And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way, before the multitude he departed from them and withdrew, the disciples reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannius. And this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. There it is. So he continued for two years, so that. There's those two words, Nathan. Yep. And it says how many heard the heard the gospel, heard the message? It says both, all in that area, all of the people in Asia, so that all who dwelt in Asia would hear the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. So it's really Gentiles, if I if I remember my my Greek uh, correctly, and we're talking about multi again. I use the word multinational. He was all the nations of the earth might know. Uh, to kind of piggyback along with that verse you read in Acts nineteen, I want to read Romans chapter fifteen, verses uh, eighteen through twenty. For I would not dare say anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to make the Gentiles obedient. By word and deed, by the power of miraculous signs and wonders, and by the power of God's Spirit. As a result, I have fully proclaimed the good news about the Messiah from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum. So my aim is to evangelize where Christ has not been named, in order that I will not be building on someone else's foundation. So there he kind of makes, geographically, he kind of illustrates what all of Asia kind of entails from Jerusalem all the way up to Illyricum. And we're, what we're talking about is possibly, some have estimated, uh, anywhere from 12 to 24 million people wow. have access now to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I want to close out with a passage of praise. It's Revelation chapter uh, 7, verses 9 and 10. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lord, clothed with white robes and palm branches in their hands, saying with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Amen. So this task that we've been given will be accomplished one day. So there's a top line and there's a bottom line. The top line, we have been blessed. The bottom line, we're to pass that blessing alone. Amen. We're to pay it. Pay it forward. That's right. Be a so that Christian, not a so what one. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions here on the American Family Radio Network. 
We pray that you would be on mission for the Lord at home or wherever God might take you. Thank you.